It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. to say joining me all this morning will be Emma Revel, who's the head of public affairs at the Institute of Economic Affairs, the free market think tank. Good morning to you, Emma. Morning, Julia. <sighs> yeah, you got that right. Morning, not not good morning. Um, <laughs> there are days like this when I think, Emma, look, this is really hard for a lot of people. I need to try and provide a spring in the step. You know, I really need to try and be positive about everything. I can't. I'm I'm genuinely I, I don't know whether to to laugh to cry. Last night, I mean, my husband had to point out it's a brand new telly. Please don't kick it in um, <laughs> uh, while the prime minister was speaking. Um, and part of the fact I did feel sorry for the prime minister because when he comes on to the certainly after the the common statement and he, and he walks into the Downing Street press conference at nine minutes past seven. By the way, prime minister, when you tell us a conference is uh, press conference is at seven, could you have the basic manners of turning up on time instead of keeping a nation waiting. It's just it's just basic good manners and professionalism. He turns up surrounded by um, uh, witty and balance. I mean, it's almost like he's doing a hostage video now because we know that the advisors now in charge, unless witty and balance agree with the measure, it ain't going to happen. Um, do you think the prime minister, Emma, do you think the prime minister thinks that we should be this cautious or do you think he's being sort of bamboozled by the sage scientists or or really, I, I fear an awful lot of this, is he's being bamboozled by the polling, which suggests astonishingly um, that 46%, according to YouGov, think that balance is about right on what he announced. Um, 16%, me, hello, uh, thinks it's too slow. And an astonishing 26% think it's too fast. Boris Johnson, it's hard to to know what Boris Johnson's political instincts are because, you know, they they change day to day and they've changed across his career. But broadly speaking, he does seem to have a very instinctual desire towards freedom and liberty and, and basically people being allowed to do roughly what they like within, you know, very broad parameters. This has been entirely swept away by coronavirus. And I don't know whether it is because the data he is seeing has scared him, whether it is his own personal experience of being in intensive care that has you know just just made him much more cautious whether it's polling i'm not quite sure what it is but this yeah. does seem to be 
in opposition to Boris Johnson's traditional instincts maybe the last year of everything has just has just gotten to him but yeah if you asked me you know hypothetically two years ago when Boris became prime minister if you'd said what do you think this man's reaction would be to this kind of crisis this would never have been the answer. No, and it's interesting how many commentators uh, will say, you know, the Prime Minister's finally being cautious and he's been far too gung-ho and optimistic and in the past and that's what's got him over-promising and under-delivering and that's what's got him in trouble. Um, and yet, again, this, this word cautious, we talked about this on the show a lot yesterday. When people talk about being cautious about re- um, exiting lockdown, they always mean, certainly the politicians and the mainstream media always seem to mean that um, doing it slowly, but actually, being cautious about lockdown is actually asking, are the risks of the cause of lockdown are far greater than, than the benefits? And if you are following the data, not dates, as we're told uh, the Prime Minister, another little catchy little phrase they use, then the data tells you that we should be easing far sooner. I mean, we have seen an 80% drop in cases uh, since the peak in January. A huge fall. I mean, it's like 50% fall in the number of deaths. We have seen the vast majority of the most vulnerable being jabbed. The statistics, the facts that came out from Public Health Scotland, who just released them before Public Health England yesterday, a whole massive, massive data dump yesterday. So the data which we can see, I mean, sometimes I do wonder whether the scientists know that we can actually see things on the internet as well as them. Um, But I mean, this isn't like something random person on Facebook has shared. We are talking about the official public health uh, reports on on the do- on on the vaccine. So Pfizer vaccine after one dose, not two, after one dose. Four weeks after that point, we have an eighty five percent fall in the risk of hospitalisation, and a hundred percent fall in the risk of death. Okay, AstraZeneca, the vaccine which you know, Macron and others were saying, oh, it's not quite as doesn't work as well as Pfizer. After one dose, not two, after one dose, four weeks on, you have a 94% fall in the risk of hospitalisation. And then, of course, if you're not going to hospital, you're not going to die either. I mean, we are looking at not only a rollout of the vaccine at an extraordinary rate, we are seeing, and I mean, far higher, far higher than any of the, the most optimistic estimates from the government in terms of the take-up of the vaccine. Certainly that my parents' age group, the 75 to 79s, I mean, goodness me, it's virtually everybody. Um, and, and we know that the vaccine works even better than the the controlled trials suggested it did. Um, On what basis then, when you look at that data, could you be predicting, as the government's modelling on which they base this roadmap out, predicting uh, tens and tens of thousands of extra deaths in, in, in the summer, in August, as a result of us releasing restrictions between March and July, they are predicting an extra 52,000 to 97,000 extra deaths based on roughly what the government is planning to do in the reopening. Um, you know, over that period and in August. I mean, that's absurd. And yet we're told that the government is basing its policy on that. It does seem inconceivable that we would have that level of death. I mean, we didn't have that level of death last summer when... We had none of the um, vaccines, you know, we had none of the immunity that we're going we're going to have this summer. Uh, and the, the weather was lovely and we had, you know, relatively few restrictions. It didn't feel like it at the time. But looking back on it now, August was lovely. Yeah. That was almost normal. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's not just the data that we have from Public Health England and from Public Health Scotland. We have the data from Israel, which has cracked on with its vaccine rollout even better than we're doing and they're showing exactly the same results you know we're 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 vaccinating people quicker than we thought we would take up is higher than we thought it was going to be the vaccine works better than we thought it was going to and most the most vulnerable groups 
the most at risk of dying will be vaccinated yeah. by the end of next month. So I, I am all for uh, a rollout step by step. I don't think it should be, you know, snap and everything's back no. to normal. I think we should do it in stages, but they should be a damn sight faster than the stages that Boris Johnson announced yesterday. Well, we were told, I mean, I, Patrick Vallance yesterday was talking about, you know, we have to have a five week gap between, and again, at least five weeks. When you look at the actual mm. roadmap, the different steps and step one as is, is schools on March 8th and then the 29th of March, but then, then there's three more steps after that, but with a five week minimum gap between them and the earliest possible date being given um they're saying well we need three weeks to see you know what the evidence is and a week to analyze and a week to uh, uh to, to give notice i mean this is such a load of nonsense i mean only a year ago they were talking about you know you need three weeks notice um for these things um it, it's just ridiculous they, they always seem to be working on i mean old data um they seem to we, we had these announcements um you know over the weekend oh it turns out that the vaccinations are actually working um and that we asked we are now beginning to see a fall in the number of cases i mean and well, I'm sorry, that, that happened over a month ago. It's, it's just absolutely bizarre that they, they constantly seem to be looking at very old data. I mean, are they getting their data from going to look at encyclopedias at the library instead of instead of looking online where it is? Um, I do find it extraordinary. Um, and we've got these four tests, um, uh, which are about you know hospitalizations and infections and the like. Um, the only one we, we haven't already met uh, is the fourth variant. Uh, so the fourth one, which is about the new variants. Now, we we don't know whether a new variant is going to be absolutely devastating, but a new variant that turns up that is more infectious, that is able to be spread around more quickly, I'm not quite sure why that should be such an issue if the people who are at risk of dying have been vaccinated. Yeah, I think um, the scientists were also right to point out yesterday that, you know, coronavirus isn't going to go away. We just have to manage the mutations and that means keeping an eye on them tracking them if there's one that comes out that mutates in a different way that makes it more dangerous absolutely we should you know be concerned and, and taking steps to to manage that but so far that is not the kind of mutations that we've been seeing they are more infectious but not necessarily more deadly and I, i'm with you uh, up to a certain extent infection is okay you know if it's not damaging people you know no one is particularly concerned if a lot of people get a cold because exactly. I mean, I had I had a really nasty cough. I felt really, really quite, quite, I mean, really, actually, very ill indeed um, for a few days. But I was still able to work, and and then three weeks of feeling really, really tired and rotten when I had COVID last March. But I mean, other than other than there are still a couple of things I can't taste, which is still a bit disconcerting. Do I think the country should be locked down so people don't feel a bit rotten for three weeks? No, I don't. And the whole point of the vaccination program is is to make sure that if people do get COVID, they get COVID like that or even milder not the severe kind and that is what we are seeing from the current vaccine rollout that we have so yeah i'm i'm with you i think the roadmap is fine in terms of the stages but it should be a lot lot faster yeah. i don't see why we need to wait five weeks I, I, if there is a scientific case for that i do not think it has been explained the breakfast briefing with julia hartley brewer on talk radio if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 